Hey there. hey there, folks, and welcome to episode 105 of Eddie and Caleb Herocast. Of course, I am Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. That's I am Caleb and then another B. Follow my friend, co-host, and producer, Eddie Cornelison at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. Follow the show at EC underscore Hero. Check out our Instagram, EC Herocast, and our Gmail, EC Herocast at gmail.com. As always, check me out every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. It is Monday, March 28th, 2022, when we are recording this. And uh, Eddie, I'm down another shirt size. That's two shirt sizes in just over a year. And I'm feeling super. Oh, that's great. So you would... Let's see. So I'd really love to look at you in your clothing, then. Yes, you would. Really love it. Oh, are you? Oh, <laughs> you may, Are you referencing rape scene in this film? Maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'm trying to still get used to this new. Whatever. Hey, we're breaking the fourth wall here, guys. Uh, Eddie had to switch uh, because his neighbor is an a-hole, and he's chainsawing logs over and over at 6 o'clock in the evening for some reason. Yeah, they cut down a tree, which uh, I don't condone. That's uh, not good for the environment. Nope. And now they're just chopping it up Yeah. Into little bitty pieces. So if you hear yeah. even a little bit, that's what it is. Yeah. Also, apologies if the lag seems extra bad uh, between me and Eddie. It's uh, just a casualty of uh, necessity, I guess, would be the term. Just a necessary evil. We want to get this bad boy recorded and out to you folks and uh, in a timely manner as well. Uh, I've I've noticed it already, although I could be mistaken. Maybe Eddie's just uh, brain is going a little slow today. Uh, by the way, this is going to drop on April 20th, so we're about three weeks out, a little over three weeks out. Um, hey, that's good, because this was a very anti-drug movie. <laughs> it was, yes, yes. That being said, what were you doing April 1st, 2011? In April of 2011, so... Cliff Notes, my man. The the dream had not been dead of getting into radio. So I went, and I've been to a couple of these, but this one was, um, what's the word? This one was further away. One was in Columbus, one was in Cleveland. They're like these little job fair slash conferences. And this one was in Philadelphia. So I went to the city of brotherly love for the first time. And with the conference came tickets to the 76ers game. Cause it was at the Wells Fargo center. So I uh, I was doing that. Did um, ran up the rocky steps. Had to do that. Uh, went to Gino's cheesecake, not cheesecake, cheese steak. Uh, <laughs> and uh, shout out Mike Rainey, by the way, a Philadelphia native. Yeah, it was. It's funny. This was in 2011, and there was like a, a sign on the Gino's, which was like Trump for president, and I was like. Psh. Yeah, he'll run. Well, I don't know. Credit to him for being uh, being right, I guess. I don't know. Whether you like forward. him or not, that's a hell of a prediction. <laughs> He's very very forward-thinking. 
I was like, yeah, that's that's one of those things you hear about, but it'll, of course, never happen. And Yeah, there's no way that would happen. You know, five years later, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like when Joe Buck was like, and what might be his last at bat is an like ah, whatever this guy's gonna resign and then nope nope not in not not at all he didn't nope nope not even and even worse he went to the Dodgers of course um, everybody's going to L A yeah of course man uh, they're going up there to slap Clint, uh, Chris Rock that's gonna be really dated by the time this releases uh, yeah <laughs> but you know I don't know it. You know, I'll say the only thing I'll say about that is um, at least Will Smith didn't feed into the the stereotype that Hollywood elites are self-centered and can't take a joke and do nothing. And the Oscars is nothing but a big circle jerk for a bunch of celebrities. He did not play into that stereotype at all. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, (laughs) it was fake. Yeah, I mean. It's funny, anytime they have a comedian, be it Chris Rock or Ricky Gervais, and they they make fun of a celebrity, every celebrity laughs except the one they're making fun of. They're just like, <laughs> can't make fun of me, you can't say that. And yeah, of Then course. he made fun of Will Smith, and then ten minutes later, everybody applauded Will Smith and gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. You know. But, you know, it was a great movie, so... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. So... Can't wait yeah. for uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad. We can talk yeah. about it again. Yes. So, April 2011. This was right around WrestleMania time, actually. And uh, your champions in wrestling at the time. In the WWE, you had Edge, the WWE champion. Pardon me. Edge, the World Heavyweight champion. And The Miz, the WWE champion. I, I typed those uh, in verse for some reason. In TNA, Sting was your world heavyweight champion, and in Ring of Honor, Eddie Edwards was your world champion. You have a Do you have an opinion on Eddie Edwards? You've probably not seen a lot of him. I've seen a decent amount, and no, I have no opinion on him. Okay, that's a lot of people. I like Eddie, but you know, a lot of people are basically of no opinion on him, which is worse than hating someone, in my opinion. Yeah, that could be. I like his name. <laughs> I bet you do, pal. I bet you like it better if it was spelled with a Y at the end instead. Yeah, he does spell it wrong, but... Eddie edwards Yeah. Let me, um... Let me adjust these blinds, because I'm getting sunlight blasted right in my face. Which I guess isn't the worst thing to be blasted in your face, but it's not the best. Hey-o! Number one song in the United States by Digital Download is E.T. by Katy Perry featuring Kanye West. Hmm. Have you ever watched The Undertaker's entrance with uh, that song? I heard it's really good. Uh, No, it's pretty stupid. Really? Apparently NBC aired a WrestleMania just on TV for some reason. Yeah, yeah. They did well. That's they they used to do that like every year. They did like a Cliff Notes like one hour version of WrestleMania. Yeah, and, just and they had Undertaker come out to ET. Ah, uh, whatever. I'd have to go back and watch it and be like, ah, oh, what do I think on this? No, it's but on, it's on YouTube anyway. Talk about the Braves or something while I close these blinds. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Braves are starting off the season April seven. Uh, of course, you guys are gonna know this by now. 
Uh, April 7 against the Reds. Four-game homestand. I look forward to it. Gonna miss not having Freddie at first, but, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work with Matt Olson. It's basically a young Freddie Freeman. Doesn't hit quite as well, but, you know, okay. we'll make much, it happen. Much better. Yeah. This is still Chainsaw Charlie's fault that uh, I have oh, to Charlie, even be in the kitchen instead of my office, but... Hey, pardon the pun, but that's a deep cut, my man. Is it? People don't know about Chainsaw Charlie? I mean, it's a Terry Funk B-side from the Attitude Era. Like, in my opinion, yes, it's a deep cut. Also, I wanted to say deep cut because Chainsaw. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, what do we What do we do now? What do we do now? History with caps. the movie? None whatsoever well let's see neither did a lot of people apparently yes it was a uh, budget of two and a half million very mm-hmm. small yeah box office of five hundred ninety four thousand. yeah i had to like round up the decimal here i put the loss at 1.91 million yeah. Now, my history of the movie, I'm proud to say, eight of my dollars contributed to that 594000 How so? I saw it in the theater. Wow. Eight dollars? You going at, at the evening time? Uh, it, well, it was playing at, like, an independent theater. Yeah. Um, that would, uh, well, there's only, like, so many theaters in the city that would show this. Cause, yeah, uh, it's keep an, talking, indie... I'll be right back with you. Okay. Because it's an indie film, there's only so many theaters... In the city that are going to show this, but, um, yeah, I'd heard, I think I saw a trailer on YouTube, maybe, and I was like, oh, you know, Dwight from The Office is in a superhero movie, it looks like a dark comedy, could be pretty funny, so I went and saw it, it was a theater at, uh, on Ohio State's campus, and, uh, yeah, I went and saw it, and, uh, my... Like I said, my $8 contributed to that 594000 And wow. since I have nothing left to say about that, the critics, pretty close. Critics were 49%, fans 56%. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. So you went out to OSU to watch this, huh? That's right. By the way, it pained me to say that. <laughs> oh, sorry. It, it really did. Acknowledging someone else's OSU. We don't do that around here. I don't know what to tell you. But to be fair, everyone else calls you guys OSU, so the whatever. OSU. Thank you. Shut, shut up. Stop. The Ohio. Stop. It is the. That's not to be confused with you, who is not the. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're pretty close to the. Relatively uh, close to the Mexico border. Maybe we should be L. OSU. Yeah, you could do that. Yes, we could. Uh, Cast, who all do we want to talk about? Uh, The main four? Well, we could mention, just one thing real quick, this was the second movie, but first superhero movie, first of many, to be directed by a guy named James Gunn. Never heard of him. I know, right? Didn't he post, like, kitty porn on his MySpace or whatever? No, he just made some not-so-great jokes and then got temporarily canceled, and then Batista (laughs) uncanceled him. Yes, Batista was like, "Uh, I'm going to Batista bomb this cancellation. And then, sure enough, he 
and we canceled him on the podcast, and then he liked one of our tweets, and then we uncanceled him. <laughs> we canceled him? I don't remember canceling him. Well, I just, I think I said he's a great director, but not someone I would hang out with. Then he liked one of our tweets, and Batista and John Cena had so much great things to say about him. And he likes yeah. superhero movies. It's like, well, what the hell? Why not? You know, he made some <laughs> bad jokes. And granted, if we were sitting around having some beers and he's like made a kitty porn joke, I'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Let's not do that. Don't yeah. hang out. But, yeah. you know, hey, maybe he learned from it. I, You know, maybe he learned from it. That's all. So, you know what? I would be friends with James Gunn. I changed my mind on him. Just just one like of a tweet. You might say, so... well, you're just giving him the benefit of the doubt because he liked to tweet. Yeah, I know. So, what about it? Who cares? It's so, not every day that a big director likes your tweet. I am not that easily sold. It's actually uh, a Toxic Avenger tweet that we liked when he did when he played Stephen Hawking. Yes. So, yeah, not his uh, not his debut on the podcast, but his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not so easily sold, and given his track record, I'm not going to be so quick to be like, yeah, I'd be friends with James Gunn. Because who knows what other skeletons he might have, you know what I'm saying? Well, look, um, when he was taken off Guardians for a minute, everyone was in an uproar about it, and everyone's <laughs> raved about working with him, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, I mean, that's the reason, like, John Cena's gone on record saying, the reason I did Peacemaker is because James Gunn, I love working with him. Oh. Yes. I don't know, maybe, maybe Either he way. is a nice guy. But hey, good for, good for James Gunn, you know, like, he, it is wild to me that, like, you know, he's just such a mainstay in, pardon me, in hero cinema these days, considering, like, this guy started, like, with Slither. Yeah, well, even before that, he, like I said, he played a role in, you know, Stephen Hawking, which you could absolutely never do today. Yeah. Um, but he liked the tweet, so maybe he still remembers it fondly. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I remember playing a handicapped person and really, really making fun of the handicapped. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes, man. Yeah. But, but that's the about point that. of those movies, so it's yeah. not for the faint at heart. No, far from it. Far from it. Neither is this, quite frankly. Yes, yes, this is, uh, it's got a weird, like, Apatowian feel where it's like they kind of try to hit on a moral message, but it's get, it gets really scattered, and it's very gray. Yeah, I've got some thoughts on, uh on some of the things they tried with this. Some I liked, some missed for me, but we'll get to that later. As far as cast, though... Although... Um, yeah, shout sorry. out Rob Zombie, the voice of God. He had, uh, Rob, what, two or three know? words where he's just like, marry her. Oh, that was Rob <laughs> Zombie? That's pretty that cool. Rob Zombie, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised yeah. he didn't, like, try to sw- try to parlay this into another uh, performance for his wife. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed this with, like... Any movie he does, he always makes sure his wife gets a role. It's like, we get it. You love your wife. That's cool. But maybe she shouldn't play Morticia Adams. <laughs> well, um, I mean, in this one, if you want to talk about... Um, no, it was the Munsters, not the... Why did I say Morticia Adams? What the hell? Lily Munster, my bad. Yeah. Well, if you want to talk about... Um, Oh, crap. I just forgot the word. What's the word when you hire family member? Um, nepotism. Yeah, ne- if you want to talk about nepotism, Sean Gunn was in this movie. <laughs> Isn't Sean Gunn was also in Guardians, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is. So, 
he played Toby. I don't even remember a Toby in this movie, but yeah. there you go. So the uh, gut- he was one of the henchmen for Kevin Bacon's character. Oh. Well, there you go. The uh, the Gun Club being in this movie. Oh my movie. God! Stop. Anyway, don't you mean the ass? Don't you mean the ass boys? Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, who do uh, who do you have in this movie that's worth talking about? Uh, I guess the Kevin big four, you right? So, so yeah, Kevin Bacon, Liv Tyler, um, Ellen Page. Pardon me, the former Ellen Page and uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll start with Liv Tyler because she had kind of the smallest role. Yes, she did. Um, one thing I liked about her role, and she did a good performance of this, is kind of how real it was. In that, uh, you know, I feel like you can really hear the chainsaw right now. Can you? No, I actually okay, can't. Okay, I was actually good. worried you hear the ambulance driving by. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Okay. Good. Well, that's good, then. Forget I said anything. Uh, okay. But, yeah, I, I I like the realness of this role in that it's like she's in this mostly loveless marriage. Um, you know, she, uh, she goes back to her old ways. And then even when she's saved, she doesn't even really stick around with the guy. Like... I think everyone kind of has a relationship in their life, or at least you know someone who has a relationship in your life, where it's like you felt like it was going to be the one, and it just completely like crumbles, and there's really no easy explanation. It's, uh, you know, they just fall into their old habits, and then like you expect there's going to be a happy ending, and then there isn't. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's... But yeah, she played uh, an addict pretty well. Yeah. I would say so. As someone who has had passing experiences with, with addicts, uh, she did a pretty good job. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Kevin Bacon is Jacques. Jacques. Jacques Rougeau. Um. Hmm. Well, <laughs> he's so like they wrote him. <laughs> they wrote him in a hilarious fashion. By the yeah, way, yeah. I mean, he's, he's like, like he's, hey, don't touch my car. Don't touch my car again, or you're gonna have to deal to deal with these people. And then Dwayne starts, you know, just kind of like tapping it. Tapping it. That's not what I mean. I'm, I'm going on. Yeah, he just pokes the car. He's like, "That's not Good the touching stuff. I mean." Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a um, you know big time drug dealer. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't no. even really act the part. Uh, no. But it somehow works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, he's he's uh, he's definitely a um, what's the word? Okay. Oh here's, here, here's what he here's the vibe he gives me. I was I didn't they never mentioned what city this movie was filmed in or not, I, yeah they never mentioned what city this takes place in. I yeah. looked and it was filmed in what was it Shreveport Louisiana. So oh I thought filmed in Canada. I thought Jersey for some reason. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was Shreveport. So it's like, you know what? I could buy this guy is like, because Shreveport's not a big, I mean, it's not New Orleans, you know? I could buy this guy as like a big time drug dealer in a smaller town like that. Maybe. And, uh, just being like a general smart ass and, um, 
kind of being sort of intimidating, but not really, like, thinking he's a way bigger deal than he is, which is kind of how I took him. Yeah, kind of like Bloodnovsky for sure. Yeah. Well, Bloodnovsky had the <laughs> double the double gun. Yeah, that's cool. That's not boring. No. <laughs> also, Kevin Bacon drops a hard R in this film. <laughs> he does. He does. You're right. For what? By the way, did you do you know what film Kevin Bacon made his debut in? Uh, no. I'm going to verify, but if I'm correct, this might surprise you. Mississippi Burning. Uh, what the hell's Mississippi Burning? A movie with probably a lot of hard R's. Does it have Kevin Bacon? Uh, no. Oh. Let's see here. Gosh darn. I gotta scroll. What did Kevin Bacon debut in? Uh, because I think it was Animal House, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, how about that? Yeah, let me take a look here. Not as a director. Uh, not in oh. soundtrack. I don't care about the Bacon Brothers. I'm not interested. Uh, not as an EP. Come on! By the way, Mississippi Burning had Gene Hackman in it. So, in 1979... No, 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 this was in 1979. So, yeah, Animal House. Animal House, pardon me. He played Chip Diller. Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, it all comes full circle. It really does, man, it really <laughs> does. And also, by the way, uh, spoiler alert, next week we're not reviewing X-Men First Class, we're reviewing something else. Did we say we were reviewing First Class? Yeah, like, if the timeline worked out a little bit, we have... Oh. What's that now? Oh, because back-to-back bacon. No, we are not, that is... Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, we almost had a bacon streak going. We almost had uh, two degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um... <laughs> We what would have had to celebrate with some bacon. Yeah, exactly. What is your, what's your bacon number, by the way? My bacon number? Yeah. You're not familiar with the bacon number? I mean, I know the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but... Uh... It's the same concept. Okay. Uh, well, James Gunn liked one of my tweets, and then James Gunn directed a movie with Kevin Bacon. So, two. Yep. Uh, didn't you tweet that from the HeroCast account as well? Yep. So my bacon number is also two then. Good to know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about Kevin Bacon. He was good here. Uh, funny, for sure. What about Ellen Page, that rapist? Oh, God. Bruh, uh, she raped. Yeah. Like, let's not beat around the bush here. That was a rape. That was. It was. Uh, yeah, um... Also, to clarify, and we, we did this with X3, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, we're saying Ellen Page because she was Ellen Page at the time. And the character was female. Yes. If Elliot Page pops up on our filmography, or our, our list, we will address him as Elliot. There, there's no... We're not trying to make any political statement here. Yeah. Well, Elliot so far will not appear on the list. Maybe. Not so far. But Maybe. hey, still time. Could be, could be another X Men movie up the pike. You never know. There's still time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Libby. Um, Crazy. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I guess I'll I'll drop one of my criticisms of the movie here. Um, 
she definitely had like daddy issues where like at her party she's making out and looks like about to go all the way with just some random dude her own age and then you know Dwight Schrute shows up and uh she gets super horny for him so uh who's much older so um yeah some some daddy issues there which is is fine to make that a part of the character trait i just there was not really a payoff really um so that i had an issue with um now the part i did like about the character and uh is she played a uh what's the word like super um sarcastic not yeah, I'll say sarcastic, and for the time, I'm stressing for the time, this would be, like, something you would absolutely hear, where when he's trying to buy, like, this religious comic, she's like, oh, this sucks, unless you want to laugh at it, how gay it is, and it's like, <laughs> for the time, that language, that checks out, and... Yeah, uh, no comment. So, so that, that type of character, that smartass, like, yeah. dropping, you know, gay is an insult that yeah. type of person uh, with the daddy issue. She played really well. My only yeah. issue is there was really no payoff to the daddy issues except the mm. rape, which you alluded to, yes. which I don't think is a payoff. I think. <laughs> no, that's not a payoff at all. Yeah. Uh, also, no, she was basically playing Juno but turned up to 11. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, which I like Juno. That's fine. I love but... Juno. It's a great movie. It is great. Also, shout out to Matt Saracen for getting his ass kicked. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jerry. Yeah, Friday Night Lights uh, alum there. Uh, I think the main oh, event. Ma- yeah, Rain Wilson, Dwigged. Uh, the hell is his name in this? Uh, Frank. Frank Darbo, yes. Yeah. Frank Darbo sounds like uh, the name of like an '80s wrestler that would be on WWF superstars and lose in like five minutes, maybe less. Yes. Uh, okay, so a couple things with Rain. I think Rain's a very good actor, mm-hmm. but his look is always going to be Dwight Schrute, and it's not his fault. It doesn't uh, matter glasses or no, like, yeah. Haircut, it, like, you're always going to be dwigged. Yeah. Now, like, John Krasinski is not going to always be uh, Jim, Jim to me. And even, uh, you know, Michael Scott is not always Michael Scott. But yeah. uh, I think Rain and uh, probably Pam, I think, are just stuck. And then later down the line, we're going to get to uh, Roy. They're just all the same to me. I'm sorry. That being said... Um, he was really good in this, um, playing a uh, crazy man. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's insane. Definitely, um, you know it's it's funny. This is if this were not a dark comedy and a taken seriously, this could have been like a really disturbed movie, like Joker almost. I, I was gonna say, yeah, you mean like Joker? Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, it's like. In his yeah. mind, he's just like, "What? I'm doing. A, I'm a superhero doing a good deed." And yeah, maybe some of these people did deserve it, but like, the like justice. Kevin said, <laughs> like Kevin Bacon said, "You nearly killed a guy for butting in line." 
Yeah, and he's just... I don't know if these people are being killed, but they're definitely, like... You get the sense that some of them are killed, and then you yeah. get the sense that others will probably spend the rest of their life in a wheelchair with, like, uh-huh. a brain that doesn't function exactly. m- most of the percentage because you're taking a pipe wrench to the head. The budding in line guy, like, you saw his, like, his forehead just busted open. And then he blasted his girlfriend in the eye, <laughs> so she's yeah. probably going to lose that eye. And then we mentioned Jerry. I mean, this dude may or may not have keyed a car. Yeah. And... While he got the least of the beatings from Crimson Bolt, he's still yeah. going to have a severely scarred face the rest of his life. But uh, sure. they just did a good job in that you're still rooting for him because he's he is still <laughs> likable and everything. But at the end of the day, he's super deeply disturbed and yes, you know, for sure. It's almost like a Mick Foley type of thing. Yeah. Well, hey, outro Mick Foley's theme. <laughs> I mean, I that's could, just suggestion. You're not going to offend me by not taking it. I think we can think of something better. Okay. All right. That's let's, that works. See. So we open with Frank. He's telling us he'd had two perfect moments in his life. Marrying Sarah. This part was legit, really funny. Yeah. He's like, and then this moment. And there's like a criminal that shoves, that runs by him and shoves him oh and goes into God. a store. And then there's a yeah. cop that runs by. He's like, in there, officer. <laughs> officer he's in there <laughs> that was his other great moment yeah yeah that's uh, good that's good yeah but he's in a bit of a loveless marriage clearly yeah his wife she's hanging out with like she his wife used to be a drug addict and then she got clean but she's hanging out with some shady people there he go comes home they're smoking a bong which you know weed whatever but if you're a recovering addict, I don't know if that's then, a great dude, idea type thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Back then, the commentary is like, oh, no, that's a gateway. Like, even for, like, some liberal people, like, it's like, oh, no, that's a gateway sort of thing. Nowadays, yeah, not a big deal. Like, weed's legal pretty much almost everywhere, even here in Oklahoma. But yeah. back then, weed's a little different. The only thing I would say, and I agree with you, but just to play devil's advocate... Yeah, I don't think anyone who does like it's like a, I don't think anyone who's addicted to drugs now, yeah, didn't start with weed. Now that's not to say that weed will lead you to that because it no. won't. I know plenty of people who smoke weed that don't snort coke. Exactly. It's like it's one of those things. Like every weed user is not a drug addict, but every person who uses hard stuff started with weed. Yeah, probably. No, you're, you're most likely right. And if like, you're if you're a recovering addict who did the twelve steps and everything, probably want to stay away from weed and alcohol in general. Probably want to stay from yeah away from any type of vice of that for sure. Yeah, man, this new spot is right by a furnace. This is ugh, this is the worst. Yeah, I blame the the a hole who is chainsawing. Me too. I think he might be done, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, so anyway, he um. He uh he has like a vision of just stabbing one of these dudes, the, the smoking a bong with like a fire, uh one of those pokers in the fireplace. Oh, by the way, the first guy she's hanging out with is uh, it's uh Sean Sean Gun. Yep. Yeah, the guy who uh got Yondu whistling uh whatever the hell that was in Guardians Two. Same guy. Yeah, James Gunn really likes uh, his brother and Michael Rorker. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame them. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Um, he should have cast Rain Wilson in Guardians. I agree. He could have been Star Lord. Um, Michael Rooker, for what it's worth. Did I say Rooker? I don't know yeah, why I always do that. Also, um, didn't I could be wrong? Didn't John Krasinski actually audition for Star Lord? He might have. That sounds familiar. I, I believe he did, and they're like, yeah, that's pretty good. And then Chris Pratt did it, and they're like, yeah, that's that's the guy. Oh, it was going to be one of the NBC hit sitcoms. Yeah, yeah sure. So uh, he says, I wish I could do something about it, but I'm too weak to do anything. And then uh, some guy comes to the door named Jacques. He's looking for Sarah. He's like, well, she's not home. So Jacques <laughs> just kind of lets himself in. Like, you cooking eggs there, man? Yeah, he eats his eggs. He praises Frank's eggs. He does, and, too. He does. He's like, you have a gift for cooking eggs. And then uh, he tells, says, hey, Frank, uh, tell uh, tell Sarah Jacques stop by. And she, then Frank's, she'll know what it means. Yeah. And then Frank says, five days later, she was gone. Mm-hmm. So Frank... And I do how, like, Frank calls the police as, like, missing person. Like, she got kidnapped. Even though all her clothes are gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get Frank's argument, but I get why the police can't do anything about that. Exactly. Uh, so Frank finds Jacques. And he asks where Sarah is. He says, I don't think she wants to see you anymore. Uh, Frank, we learn, works as a short order cook, so that's why yep. he can cook good eggs. Yes. And the restaurant he's working at, the guy tries to cheer him up. He's like, yeah, you know, your wife slept around. Forget <laughs> about her. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is where he goes to the police. And he's like, I think Jock kidnapped her, and he's got her hooked back on drugs. And he's holding her against her will. And the police are like, mm, she took all her clothes. It sounds like she left you for this guy. Sorry, yeah, I, but nothing we can do. He was 33%, right? Yeah. I mean... It's not, you're allowed to leave somebody, you know. Yeah, exactly. That but is legal. He did probably entice her with drugs, uh, mm. which is illegal, but um, not really enough to charge anybody with a crime. Exactly. So, while flipping channels from uh, hentai. Oh my god, a, I forgot uh, about the hentai. And a Red Bull commercial, which you're amazingly still on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he lands on a Christian superhero show with, yeah. uh, what uh, the hell oh, is it called? The, uh, the, uh, Holy, Holy Avenger. The, yeah. The, the Holy Avenger, actually played by Nathan Fillion, a.k.a. Castle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's watching it, and, uh, Holy Avenger's fighting a, uh, James Gunn-looking demon, and seems to be inspired by this. Mm-hmm. So, uh. By the way, James Gunn played the demon. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Frank then confronts Jacques. Sarah pulls, uh, he, he like cuts him off in traffic. And then Jacques's like, oh, jeez, this guy again. And he's like, listen, <laughs> I get it. You lost your wife. It sucks, but I'm giving you one last warning. Leave me alone. And his thugs beat him up. This is where he does the whole... Don't touch, touch my car. Yeah, because he, he slaps, he's like banging on the car. And then yeah. he just, like, pokes the car. He's like, that's not the touching I meant. And, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, you know, Yondu and uh, Sean Gunn beat him up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
later that night, and I thought a, uh, a rather heartbreaking scene, uh, Frank prays and asks God to uh, let Sarah be his Sarah again. And uh, this was this was the moment when he slipped completely. He, we, we can tell from when he had the vision of stabbing Sean Gunn with the fire uh, fireplace poker that he was had thoughts, but this is where he officially slips into insanity uh, right after praying because in the middle of the night Frank had a vision where he got the hentai tentacles that he watched earlier uh, wrapped around him the tentacles cut off the top of his head spray something on his brain and then a giant finger comes into the room and touches his brain we believe this is the finger of God uh, I guess and Frank (laughs) then uh I will say, one of the things that was so funny about this is he looks out the window and just sees Holy Avenger, like, running through his yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so random. Uh, but the rest of the scene, super weird. Um, yeah. Um, but the Holy Avenger in his yard was very funny. Um, so he wake he wakes up, and he hears, like, a voice say, like, uh, you know, there's a plan for you, and you were chosen... And then we see a weird red and yellow mask symbol. And the next morning, Frank goes to the comic book store. He's looking for Holy Avenger comics. The clerk, Libby, makes fun of him, says those are gay. And, yeah. Um, but uh, she's looking at the comic. And she's like, well, there is this line that I guess is kind of cool. Um, he says, all it takes to be a superhero is the choice to fight, e- is the, having the choice to fight evil. And then Libby's like, I wonder why nobody has ever tried to be a superhero. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, like, we watched Defendor, and we watched Kick-Ass, and even though Phoenix Jones in Seattle is real, I feel like this movie, other than the fact that he's not immediately killed, is the closest portrayal of what would a real superhero be like, uh, even though we have a real superhero in Seattle. Uh, yeah, it would probably go something like this. It'd have to be a borderline crazy person uh, assaulting people with a weapon, and then would get killed in probably a matter of a few weeks. Yeah. So uh, credit to this for being the most realistic portrayal of a real life superhero, especially since people can easily recognize him with a costume on, <laughs> which is <laughs> uh, which should be the case in. Uh, I mean, other than like, if, unless you're Spider Man or Iron Man, no one's gonna know who you are. Uh, yeah. You know, without whatever, but uh, yeah. So I did. Uh, I did appreciate that part. So Frank creates an outfit, calls himself the Crimson Bolt, and develops the catchphrase of "Shut up, crime." <laughs> yeah, great stuff. But uh, he's having trouble finding crime. He just kind of sits behind a dumpster oh, and waits God. for it to yeah, happen. Litters. Uh, yeah, and he's talking to the thing. He's like, "It's just a box down the street." I'll go get it later. I just can't do it now. Uh, So he goes to a library. He research. He goes to the library in a fake beard, and she immediately detects. Oh my god! Yes, yes. Uh, Librarian immediately is like, "Why are you wearing a fake beard?" He's like, "I'm not. It's real. This is my real facial hair." (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he does some research, and uh, by the way, I got this movie at the library. So shout out library. Shout out libraries. Shout out Uh, bookman. Hope you return that in time. I will. I got a Moon Knight too. I read that. It's just I'm prepared for the series coming up. 
Oh yeah, isn't that yeah? That's coming up what in like two days? I think so. I'm, I'm it's if it's anything like the comic, it's gonna be pretty yeah. wild. It's like uh, you don't know. It's the whole deal. Like you don't know what's real and what's a dream yeah. type of deal. Anyway, that's that sounds like the first week of me working four to one. I was always half awake, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, what's going on is all the crime and what's going uh, on. Shreveport, I guess, is on Euclid Street. Yeah. It's a big drug dealer hangout. So he interrupts yeah. a drug dealer by attacking the dealer. He gets beat up and runs away, which is, like I said, about what would happen probably in a, uh, a real case of a superhero. Yeah. So Frank goes back to the comic book store, and Libby shows him comics of superheroes without powers for research, like Batman yeah, and uh, uh, Green Arrow. And uh, he's like, oh, Captain, or, uh, Captain America. Oh, not Captain America. Uh, so Frank picks up some weapons and uh, he decides this big plumber's wrench, this will do. Oh my god, yes. So he goes back to the same drug dealer and just drills him in the head a couple times with his plumber's wrench. We presume he's dead, but we don't yeah. know for sure. I mean, I, I would assume. He's either dead or going to be a handicap the rest of his life with yeah. brain damage. So Yes. Again, this is a... This is pretty much what would happen if a real guy became a superhero. <laughs> we get a montage of uh, Crimson Bolt attacking criminals and drilling them in the head with this big wrench. Or he drops a cinder block on one of their heads. Oh <laughs> that my was god, good. dude. Um, Franklin has a flashback of when he met Sarah and how he helped her get off drugs. But also, this was a funny scene. They're in like a diner and Sarah's sister is like... Uh, you know, you shouldn't be making any of these big... Because they just got engaged, Sarah yeah. and Frank. And he's like, you shouldn't be making any big decisions right after you just got clean. No offense, Frank. He's like, oh, no, none taken. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the news has now picked up the story on the Crimson Bolt. And the police believe he's a psychopath. They would be correct. Uh, the next day, Frank is waiting in line at a theater. to, And uh, these people cut in line. He runs off to his car, suits up, and then returns. And the guy's just like, what are you doing? I just saw you. <laughs> so yeah. Like the you're costume not fooled nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he just takes the wrench, drills him in the head twice, hits the girlfriend in the eye. So she's probably going to lose that eye. This yeah. guy might die uh, of brain yeah. hemorrhage. Uh, so, yeah, uh, not great. No, I would agree. Um. But yeah, I, I did like that the costume didn't fool him at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a solid touch, yes. Yeah, you can't uh, just like go into your car, <laughs> immediately change into your costume, come out of it, and then like, oh yeah, no. It's like the only time in wrestling I can ever remember a, uh, a surprise being spoiled, which wasn't even a surprise. It was way, way, way back in the early days of WCW when, um, I forget his name, but... uh. He wore a mask, and Jim Ross didn't outright say it, but he's like, you know, with that big mustache, well, I don't want to say who it is, but I think we all know who it is. And he takes the mask off, and it's like, oh, yep, it's Rick Rude. And <laughs> it's like the handsome stranger or something like that. But oh, you can yeah. clearly see, like, okay. it's Rick Rude with a mask on. You can see his giant mustache underneath the mask, so... Yeah. Um, it just I thought you, you were going to talk about Dusty, Dusty Ro or Rick Flair as the Black Scorpion. Oh, no, that just sucked. <laughs> uh, this was actually kind of a good... The Dangerous Alliance, underrated. Mm, so I'm told. Uh, 
So anyway, uh, Libby shows up at Frank's work, and she believes that he is the Crimson Bolt. Yeah. Crimson Bolt then spies on Sarah at Jacques' place, sees him doing heroin. So he was right. Yeah. And then uh, Crimson Bolt smashes the window, and then Jacques' men, <laughs> again, they instantly recognize him. Yes. <laughs> and they just shoot him and uh, hit him in the leg. He runs off. Uh, he makes it to his car. He drives off, and, uh, you know, Frank, uh, he heads to Libby's apartment. And she's throwing a party, and he shows up wearing a trash bag covering his outfit. And he takes off the trash bag, and she sees he is, in fact, the Crimson Bolt. She ends the party and uh, works on his gunshot wound. The bullet passed through, so he didn't have to pull the bullet out. And uh, she says, you know, since people know my identity, I can't stay at my place, I gotta stay here. The next day, the cop who took the report uh, from uh, from Frank, he earlier in the movie he swung by his place, nothing really of a major scene, he just thought Frank was weird. Uh, but he goes back to Frank's place, because he has figured out that he's the Crimson Bolt too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he lets himself in. Probably didn't have a search warrant. And uh, he checks the closet. Turns around. There's Jacques' men. They shoot and kill him. So now they got a dead cop on their hands. Yep. So while Frank recovers at Libby's house, she suggests to be a sidekick. Calls herself Bolty. Yep. Yep. And this was a. Uh... A route down a dangerous path for old uh, for old Dwigged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they go fight crime. She suggests this guy named Jerry who keyed her we friend's call that, car. By the way, we call it reverse grooming. Hmm. All right. Yeah. But uh, this is what you talked about earlier. They go to his house. Yeah. They brutally attack this dude, and <laughs> she nearly kills him, and he stops her. She's yeah. like, well, I'm pretty sure it was him. Pretty so. sure. Yeah, so Frank fires her. Yeah. And then Frank stops for gas. At the same time, Jacques' men pull up. <laughs> they attack him as a crowd of people watch, and one of them is about to kill Frank. Not the crowd. The, yeah. uh, uh, Sean Gunn. And yeah. then Bolte runs him over, pins him to a wall, like shatters his legs completely. Yeah. And uh, Frank shoots the other one in the head. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not uh, not Yondu. Uh, there was another dude with a mustache, but he's yeah. dead. And uh, now Sean Gunn it, it, is... A, it, it, it was his you know. real facial hair, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But uh, Sean Gunn, now, uh, you know, legless, so that's the end of him in this movie. So now we're yeah. just down hey, to... Uh, maybe if they do another Toxic Avenger, his character could play Stephen Hawking. Hmm, that could work. Yeah. They are supposed to be making one in development. Oh, we'll see if oh. it ever happens. I hope not. Leave the memories alone. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Unless it's going to... I don't know. It's going to be tough to make a movie like that in this day and age. Yes. Very much so. Or you're just like, ah, we're trauma. We don't care. Watch if you want to. They could do that, too. Yeah. Um, so Frank then... Uh, Frank rehires Bolte for saving his life. And mm. says, but you also have to stop swearing. <laughs> yes. And then Frank then decides we need some weapons. So they, um, after Libby unsuccessfully hits on him, Frank and Libby go to a hunting store, purchase a bunch of weapons, material for a pipe bomb. And, oh my uh, God. 
We see that public opinion has turned on the Crimson Bolt because the people he's attacking are criminals. Um, yes. Then we get the scene. Yep, the rape scene. Yeah. Uh, Frank's, Frank's not, not attempted. This was 100% a rape. Mm-hmm. This might be the first successful rape. But uh, Frank's sleeping on the couch. Yep. And she's like, how do you think I look in this costume? It's like, I'm not wearing any panties. And it's like, oh, I'm getting so wet. And he's like, stop it, I'm married. And um, he turns her down. And, and then she, she just, gaslights him. She's yeah. like, uh, yeah, but Crimson Bolt's not married. Yeah, she puts his mask on and she hops on and uh, rapes him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. And then uh, this part was, I mean, the rape was weird enough. But then Frank throws up after he was raped. Yeah. And his barf forms into Sarah's face. And it's just like, Frank, help me here. He's like, you know what? Screw let my leg heal. Now's the time. Let's just go tonight. Let's just get it done. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, that was uh, strange. Well, it it is okay. I will say this. Obviously, yes, that was strange. The 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 uh, vomit forming a vision. But he's also a crazy person. Um, that being said, his philosophy of there is no perfect moment. Let's do this right now. Hell yeah, that is a hell of a way to live life. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So that night, uh, Jacques has a visitor. It's another drug dealer named Mr. Range. He's like a Nigerian. Yes, an African-American fellow, but uh, Kevin Bacon. I don't think any American. I didn't. I think well, he was just strictly pardon African. <laughs> pardon me. Yes, African. Um, force of habit. Either way, Kevin Bacon might use another word. Yeah. In well, this he also pimps out Sarah to him. He's like, yeah, yeah. Mr. Range is going to show you something upstairs to hey, help seal guy. this deal. Yeah, Don't he worry, wants to, He's a good guy. Yeah, he wants to uh, work, uh, have a deal with this guy, so he uses Sarah to sleep with him. To uh, Yeah, the next scene was really weird. He, like, put graham crackers on her midriff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bet you didn't think you were going to get that reference today. You're correct. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we got back-to-back rapes. How about that? That's yeah. A yeah, a rape streak within a film. Yeah. So, Not uh, Yeah, meanwhile, well, that this one was, I think. Anyway. I, I mean, there's degrees. It's definitely yeah. an assault, for sure. Oh, sure. Uh, meanwhile, outside, Crimson Bolt and Boltier are killing various guards. Yes. Uh, the men inside hear this. So they go outside. They shoot both Crimson Bolt and Bolty. Crimson Bolt got hit in the bulletproof vest. He uh, turns over and sees Bolty is like half of her head's missing. So she did not make it out of this film. But she yeah. had just and she had just thrown a pipe bomb, blown up some people, and was celebrating. And then the guards from inside came out and fired at him, yeah. and that was the last of her. Yeah. So uh, Crimson Bolt very upset well, by this. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say this. I mean, you know, there are such things as shades shades of gray, but one of the last things she did, besides use it, use a pipe bomb to kill someone, um, was rape a guy. <laughs> yeah, well, there is religious overtones in this movie, so I think she's going to hell. Yeah, I would say so. So uh, Crimson, he's mad, tosses a pipe bomb at the men, kills them, pulls out a gun. Now he's 
you know, this is his first time with a gun, and he's just shooting all these henchmen. Mr. Range finds out Crimson Bolt is outside. He freaks out because he thinks he's this, you know, basically Batman. And, you know, Jacques's like, no, 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 this guy, he sucks. Like, believe me, he's just really annoying, and I don't know how he's doing all this, but I got him. And uh, Mr. Range is like, nope, deal's off. And uh, Jacques uh, shoots him in the head. (laughs) Yeah. And then kills his other men. So now it's just Jacques, some guy, and uh, Abe. That was uh, Michael Rooker. Did I say it right? I believe so, yes. Okay. So Crimson Bolt sends a body of one of the men he killed outside through the window with a sign that just says, Behind you. And (laughs) they turn around, and uh, Crimson Bolt shoots the unnamed henchman. And then he attacks Abe, slams his head repeatedly against the edge of the stone fireplace until he's dead. So... Now it's just shock. R.I.P. to uh, Merle Dixon. Mm-hmm. So Jacques then tosses Sarah to Crimson Bolt and says, "Fine, she's yours. You win. Enough." Yeah. But then uh, he's like, "Oh, by the way, no, I didn't do that to her. That was the bleep yeah, n-word." <laughs> yes, that was the nagger. Oh, jeez. Uh, but uh, Jacques then shoots Crimson Bolt twice in the arm. He's like, "No, I'm not gonna let you win." Crimson Bolt then deploys a spring-loaded blade that we saw earlier when he was suiting up uh, right into the crotch of Jacques. And he's got a knife to him. He's like, you really think stabbing me to death will change the world? So Crimson Bolt just says... Badass quote, Badass quote, by the way, and you can say it. Okay. I can't know for sure unless I try. And then he just repeatedly stabs Jacques, and yeah. uh, Sarah's just Liv, looking on yeah, in horror. I was going to say, Liv Tyler's just, like, crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was almost raped, and now she's witnessing a murder. And yeah. She probably witnessed a few murders. So. Yeah. Very traumatic. Yeah. Uh, Frank then says, Sarah stayed with me for a few months. There were some decent times there, but I think it was only out of obligation. Mm-hmm. And then she left. That was kind of a sad ending. But and but it's it's also realistic. Like, that was never going to work. Okay, that. yes, but here's the thing. And this is where it's like, okay, this isn't a bad message. He's like, you know... Maybe she didn't come into my life. I came into hers to, yeah. you know, lead her to her yeah, husband. She, she met a new dude, yes. and they had four kids. Four kids, yeah. And he's like, and look, these four kids, I don't even think they would have existed if Libby and I hadn't gone to Jacques that night. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, well, he's probably right. Yeah. So uh, Frank ended up buying a pet rabbit, which he kind of uh, thought about doing earlier in the movie. He's like, yeah. oh, I won't also- screw it up. Shout out, shout out Linda Cardellini, by the way. Yeah. Making her podcast debut, I presume. Yeah, the rabbit salesman. Yes, yes. And then Isn't... she, uh, and then she got a bunch of cards from, uh, uh, um, I want to say Liv Tyler, Sarah's wife, or, jeez, Sarah's not wife, Sarah's kids. Uh, yeah. Sent him a bunch of cards, so apparently they're still kind of close. So, um. Uh, Every, he seems at peace with everything, and roll credits. There is one deleted scene. Oh, really? Uh, Frank, yeah, just one. It's weird. Frank picks up Sarah. He's like, you've been drinking. And she's like, I had one beer. It was a toast at my new job. He's like, it doesn't matter. One beer's too many. And then they fight, and uh, that's it. <laughs> oh. But I always cover deleted scenes when I watch the DVD. So I mean, they, they could have, that, that could have... 
added to the film, and it was what made. How long was it? Yeah, it was only about an hour and a half. I, it, I didn't mind but it. Being how long there. was the scene? Is what I'm asking. Oh, the scene was like ninety seconds, if that. That's yeah. You could have you could have kept that in. Yeah. Anyway, that is super super. It was depraved, um, but doctrinally, from a religious doctrinal standpoint, it's almost on par with like some of the newer Christian movies I've seen. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Even as depraved and downright Old Testament as it gets sometimes. <laughs> but it, I, I do enjoy the, the comedy balance. Uh, the message was all over the place. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But this was not a bad time. I didn't hate this film. I'm going to give this a very gracious five and a half. All right. I... Even as I'm speaking now, I'm not convinced what I'm going to give it, and that's never <laughs> happened before, but um, I don't know. Um, I, I look at it like this. If I was like a college professor, and I was teaching a screenwriting class, and James Gunn handed me in this as his final project, I would say two things. I would say, this dude has a very bright future, and you can see... If you watch Peacemaker, uh, Suicide Squad, Guardians a little bit... Sir, sir, it's THE Suicide Squad. Sorry, THE Suicide Squad. But especially Peacemaker. Yeah. You can definitely see the super creeping into that, uh, you know, that style. Yeah. The other thing I would tell them is like, but this does need some work. Yeah. This, This felt like a movie where James Gunn was just doing whatever he wanted and he just had to get some... He had to work. He had to. He had to do a trial and error. It's like, okay, I made this movie. I saw what doesn't work. I see what does work. I'm gonna do what does work and make a boatload of money and make a bunch of superhero movies, which is great. Yeah. But we're reviewing Super, and there were some things that didn't work. Um, like I said, I mentioned the rape stuff that didn't. Uh, there was really no payoff um, to that character doing that. It was weird. Um, the the Christian stuff, uh, it wasn't offensive or anything. Uh, it was no. just very, I don't know. I had troubles having it fit, make sense within the parameters of this movie. Um, not that there aren't lame Christian superheroes, because there are, but like when <laughs> Bible, he's watching, yeah, but like when he's watching them, and it's like you got the one girl with the huge cleavage, and it's like, oh, I would never have premarital sex. It's like I get it, it's tongue in cheek, but like. Um, yeah. If if this is supposed to be real, that wouldn't happen. Like you know. Yeah. So, um, still running. You know what? I really did like it. Um, Come on. It's a it's a dark comedy. I like those. Pick, I'm I'm gonna go. Number fun. I'm giving it a six and a half. All right. I uh, yeah. Overall, I I do like it. If we were still doing the, uh, you know, the gauntlet gimmick i would put this on there okay but uh yeah. yeah it certainly deserves more money than what it made yes uh, it should have at least made its money back i mean for crying out loud it, it's yeah. it's worth that yeah for sure well folks that is going to be super next week we are going to be reviewing a film that is that you can watch on disney plus it's a little vehicle called thor I want you to check that out if you haven't already. I myself, spoiler alert, 
never seen this film before. I'm very excited. Mm. Heard good things. Um, I, I don't want to spoil too much. I'm not going to talk about the movie, but yeah. uh, the uh, the whole list. Yeah. If if okay. you look at the remainder of this list, it's mostly blockbusters. I think we yeah. finally hit the point where it's like not there's going to be some smaller movies sprinkled in. Yeah, and we are nearing but, if not, yeah, we're, we're we nearing, are. But, hey, we are nearing if not already in the uh, superhero boom. Yeah. That's that's uh, yeah that's exactly what I'm saying like uh, and no offense to some of the like Scott Pilgrim I loved it gave yeah. it a very high grade super we just talked about loved that yeah but uh, there's gonna be those movies are gonna be few and far between and the MCU yeah. is gonna take off the DCU is gonna try and take off so <laughs> we still got another Dark Knight movie we got yep. the Batman coming up. so yeah it's uh it's pretty much most mostly blockbusters from here on out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Dare I, I say a phase three? Are we starting phase three next week? Uh, of what? What are you talking about? Well, phase one was like the 80s and 90s, and then, uh-huh. you know, phase two was like X-Men and Spider-Man. Okay. And now this could be like phase three next week, where it's like in uh, the blockbuster, the superhero uh, boom phase. You could argue that, but you could also argue that doesn't really start until episode 112. When we review with the Avengers, that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this this era the trial and error period. Trial and error period. Trial and error. I like that better. Trial and error. But uh, yeah, there were some trials, uh, some successful X Men, some not uh, X Three. Of course. So you can't have trials without tribulations. But mm-hmm. <laughs> folks, we're going to get out of here. Of course, we thank you for listening. And I'm going to quote my man Frank Darbo when I say, "Buddy in line is wrong."